You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Auburn Roots as we continue our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. This is episode 15. I can't believe we've already made it this far. It's a very special episode. Obviously, you know, when you think about episode 10, 15, you got to do something unique. And, and pretty something, something we haven't done thus far. So I, I thought I would reach out into the Auburn community and uh, make a connection that we've already had once before here on this show with Juan Sherry Wood. Now, what that means for those that you already thinking is, well, who's the connection? Well, for the first time ever here on Auburn Roots, I'm happy to announce that we are having our very first Auburn coach join us to share their Auburn stories. Coach Sonny Smith, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm ready ready to go. (laughs) I am ready to go as well, Coach. You know, let me just say this very quickly. Anytime I'm in front of a coach or a basketball coach, because I am a humongous basketball fan and I played a little bit myself, I feel like I need to do a few sprints. Am I going to be required to do that at any point throughout this? We may have to run some lines before it's over for sure. Yeah, we'll work (laughs) you out. You might have to actually control the uh, interview at that point because I'll be too out of breath. I'm not in any kind of shape to be doing this. (laughs) Obviously, we're going to talk about some basketball coaching. We'll get to that at some point in this. Uh, But your story is much more than just what includes Auburn. And I think for us to really appreciate uh, your Auburn story, we have to know a little bit about Coach Sonny Smith before he gets to Auburn. So if you could maybe just give me as best you can – a brief summary of Coach Sonny Smith's life before Auburn and where you're from, uh, where, you know, where you grew up at, anything like that that we can get to know you a little bit better. Well, I'm from Roan Mountain, Tennessee. It's up in Upper East Tennessee. I uh, graduated from, from high school with uh, two thoughts in mind. I either wanted to be an actor or I wanted to be a coach. And that sounds, that sounds like two different, really two different things. But the chance to be an actor coming out of Roan Mountain, such a small town uh, and kind of remote, the possibilities for that were not there. So I kind of followed the line I wanted to be a basketball coach. I never thought in terms of college, high school, whatever. I wanted to be a coach. And I knew what it took to get there. So I followed a route that's a little bit different than most people. I wasn't good enough player in high school to get a scholarship. So I had to go to junior college to work my way up to Milligan College in Johnson City, Tennessee. I went there without a scholarship. So I was an athlete that was uh, way behind from a standpoint of using it to make money or to pay for my education. I didn't have that kind of skills because of an illness that I'd had prior to that uh, many, many years. So uh, I went to Milligan. We started out coaching and we spent, I, I had a lot of different ideas. I became one time probably the best semi-pro basketball player in that area because mm-hmm. I, I got my strength back and all of a sudden I'm good. Uh, I, I was, people were saying I was going to be a pro. So what I did my first few years, 
I coached in high school thinking that and playing basketball all over the southeastern part of this country that I was going to be in the pros. Well, it never happened. I was I was playing in a tournament one time when the American Basketball Association was coming in to play. They call it the ABA. I played in the tournaments there, and I was the most valuable player with all the ABA scouts there, and yet not one person uh, talked to me, spoke to me, to th- make me think that I could be a pro. So I knew that the pro career was out. So then we got serious about coaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to, if I was going to use teaching as a, as a, a, a I don't know the word to use, a, a, as a way of getting into college from high school, I had to do it in, in the states that were really into the kind of, that they love basketball. Mm-hmm. North Carolina was a state that did that. Uh, we coached in North Carolina. We coached in Indiana, which is a nest, another of the best basketball states. And then we went to Kentucky, and we did that for a reason. I, net, I now had my mind set up of being uh, a college coach, and I knew I had to go to the states that had the best high school players and have some kind of connection. So I went there, and I started that connection up. And I wanted to be—I wanted to get to the highest level as I could. I started in college at at uh, William and Mary a very high academic school. It was in a league that was called the Southern Conference back in those days, but it it, you, it had a lot of ACC schools in it. Wake mm-hmm. Forest, North Carolina were in that it, back before the ACC. So I went from there to uh, California. I was trying to set myself up so that I would be a position that I would be known all over the country, and I could use that as a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. So we went from there to Pepperdine University, from Pepperdine, we uh, we used that as to get into back where we wanted to live. I wanted to live in the southeastern part of the country, and Jan did also. She was from Cincinnati, Ohio. So we uh, we came back from Pepperdine to Virginia Tech, and from Virginia Tech, I got my first head job, and it was at East Tennessee State, and that's that's within thirty miles of my home. 17 miles, maybe a little bit closer to accurate. So from East Tennessee State, I was offered the Auburn job. I went into my president at East Tennessee State to tell him that I'd been offered the Auburn job. And uh, I, I was at home at East Tennessee. That's my home. That's the place I always wanted to be. And uh, I, I was torn between telling him yes and telling him no, you know. Right. And I walk into him and I tell him I've been offered the Auburn job. And he looks at me, the president of East Tennessee State. He says, you got to take that job. I said, why? I thought he didn't like me. And so uh, I, he said, I said, why? He said, well, it's a much better job than this. It's in the best conference in the country. So I was glad he said that because I was thinking in those lines, but I was, I was so torn between hometown and uh, the, the SEC and Auburn was there. So I took the Auburn job. Lee Haley was the athletic director. He offered it to me in a hotel in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I took the job and was really excited about it. And I, I ended up keeping the two people that were assistants under the previous coach and, that I was replacing. Uh, and Paul Lambert was a guy that it was an interesting thing. I don't know if this would be a good part of the story or not, but Paul Lambert was was hired as a coach at Auburn, and he goes on a recruiting trip the day he's hired, and he was so fatigued that he, he couldn't make it all the way back to uh, Auburn. He got in a he, he got him a hotel room motel room in Columbus, Georgia, and people they had mattresses all over the place. And somebody flipped a, a match and caught those things on fire and smoke inhalation, I guess is the word, killed a number of people. And he was one of them. So they had to come get me. They'd already talked to me the first time. They had to come after me again. And uh, I took the job. And I kept the two assistants in the head. And we really got after it. And uh, I, well, I was thinking after the I got into the league, Auburn had been struggling in the SEC, and I, I wanted to try to improve every area that I thought was keeping us down. And uh, 
we did a lot of that. Auburn was a, is a, my second job. I've only been two places where the university is like a family. Mm-hmm. It was that way at Virginia Tech when I was an assistant. And it, it was more so a family type situation, even though it was a big, big time sports, Auburn. Mm-hmm. And I had to adjust to that. And I realized that basketball was kind of a secondary thing at, uh, at uh, Auburn because football was so big. So we had to make sure that we got the uh, students. I went for them first to try to get them in. I didn't, I didn't receive the amount of support from the athletic department that I did because they'd, they had the students under the goal, in the end zone, so to speak. And they were not a big factor helping you win. Yeah. And all, the reason for that is the tickets at Auburn were uh, getting basketball tickets. You had to have football priority, high football mm-hmm. priority. So all my tickets at midcourt were sold because they were foot, had to be associated with football and the people weren't coming. Mm-hmm. So I had my students in the end zone, nobody in midcourt. So we had to work that out. <laughs> we finally got that worked out and, and we started, we had not been able to recruit players for, from, uh, Alabama because Alabama was getting most of them. So we made a breakthrough there and we kind of split the recruiting. Maybe actually we did a little bit better than they did with Charles Barkley, Jeff Moore and, and, uh, and Chuck Person. We get those three guys and from Alabama Uh and that had not been happening at Auburn. The players were coming from Georgia. So we kind of made a break there and we became a factor in the SEC. From that point on, we went to five straight NCAAs and, and finally went to a final eight. And actually, to be honest, I probably had the best team. We should have been in the final four and could have won it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, basketball was tough. It was a secondary thing with Auburn fans. But it also was a family thing. A guy that didn't even like basketball wanted to be he, he wanted to be a part of uh, Auburn basketball it might be long distance a letter a, a phone call or you know a, come to come to our little community and speak so we tried to turn the basketball program into the family part of of, of Auburn sports and academics and and I think we did that and uh, I started to feel like I, I think to be a coach at Auburn I think you have to be an Auburn. Yeah, I got to be that feeling as being an Auburn man. You, with family, yeah, it's a fa- it's such a family thing. And I think that I was approaching, I was approaching a a, a time where I, people th- thought of me as an Auburn man, you know. And that helped. I started getting more support. A lot of it was long distance. That weren't showing up for games, but they were supporting with with words and money, that type of thing. Uh, making donations uh, to, I can't remember what we call that, what, what, what program we call that. But anyway, the support level was going up and everything was going good. And we built a home and we looked at, at, a, at this as a place that uh, we would, could live forever, stay here and retire. Well, I had a situation come up in the basketball program the same time that the football program was having a pro, a, a, a problem with the NCAA. Coach Dye's team, uh, some, one, some player turned him in to something that wasn't even true. And one of my guys did the same thing. So well, I left Auburn and everybody, you know, I, I doubt that many people would ever know why I left because I loved Auburn. Auburn, I, Auburn was my place. Well, I, this player that, that did the same thing to me that the player did to Coach Dye turned us into the NCAA. And I made a big, big error. I, uh, I was under the impression that if the NCAA come in, that Auburn would throw me to the woods because football was more important to them. So I started looking for a job, not wanting to. I didn't want to go. Also, out of the blue, I, I get an offer from a school that, they just went overboard. They went overboard to give me what we wanted. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't want to take the job. I really didn't. I went to the, I went to the uh, interview and didn't even go in the room with him. I sent an agent in. And he came out and grabbed my hand and says, you've got to take this job. 
And I was thinking the only way that I would ever leave Auburn is if I was scared that we were going to have a problem with the NCAA or somebody offered me so much money that I couldn't turn it down. They offered me so much money, I couldn't turn it down. They really did. And uh, like gave two cars to my to us, one, both of them Cadillacs. You know, and I'm thinking, I got to take this. And because of that one situation, thinking we were going to go. And the funny thing about all of this is that they got the football program on probation and cleared the basketball. <laughs> I made a ser- uh, this is my serious mistake oh. in uh, leaving. Yeah. I, I left one other program the same way, not, not the same way, but, but by making a mistake by leaving. Well, anyway, this turned out to be a situation where uh, I always hated leaving Auburn. I didn't, didn't, uh, that's the one job that I, it's the best job I ever had. And uh, I, I never ever felt coaching at Virginia Commonwealth University, except for the, except for the people in the athletic department, I never felt like there's any kind of family situation. I'd, I'd left a situation that was much, much better from that standpoint. So when we retired there, we moved back to Alabama so we could be near the, our kids went to school at Auburn. So we could be near them and we'd be near what was happening in Auburn. So I got into radio and, and I was the Auburn connection and the Alabama coach Wimp Sanderson was the Alabama connection. And we, we, we pretty much cornered the market there with that. And, and it kept working out to the point that I kept easing myself closer to Auburn, getting back. And finally we just moved back here. And it, it all because we were doing radio and television and I got to be here a lot. And, and we're, we were so happy that they invited us back. Auburn is now, you know, they used to say Auburn's a football school. Auburn now is a great athletic program as well as all, one of the best academic universities in the country, I'm sure. But it wasn't that way at one time. And, uh, you can see what basketball can do as well as what football can do because it's so evident now by what Bruce Pearl does and by what, and by what uh, the football team Gus Malzahn has done. And this, this right now, the attitude about athletics at Auburn, I think is high as it ever been. And what I'm basically trying to say is that could have been me. I could have been the person doing exactly the same thing because Auburn now is a very good basketball job. Auburn, I ended up, people might think you were bragging this. I ended up in about six or seven, maybe more, I don't know, Hall of Fames. And every one of those were because of coaching at Auburn. You You never hear somebody say, Oh, Sonny Smith, he's that old coach at VCU. They always say, Sonny Smith was that old coach at Auburn. Uh, that's the way I'm an Auburn person, whether I'm an Auburn person or not. You know what I mean? And I, I see and feel that uh, family attitude. It's big. I don't think it'll ever change. I really don't. And uh, so my whole deal with the Auburn situation is. I'm glad that people, I'm no, I hope that people, and I think they do, look at me as an Auburn person, an Auburn man. I think they do, Coach. And I got to be honest with you, it's, it's really refreshing for me to hear the way that you are sharing that from your heart because we all say we're part of the Auburn family. And, you know, it's one thing for me to go, uh, you know, hang out with a, a couple of Auburn friends and we express the same things you do here amongst each other. But I think sometimes we forget that, you the you the coaches you the players the athletic staff feel the same way and it's really nice to actually hear you express that here so candidly um and and say you feel the same things you you're an Auburn man you identify as such and I think that's just an awesome thing like if you were trying to define what an Auburn man is or an Auburn woman what does that mean to you well I I think sometimes it's sound crazy I think sometimes when a person coaches at a university, they feel like a stepchild. When a person coaches at Auburn, they don't feel like a stepchild. <laughs> they feel like a child. They uh-huh. far, far. I think, I think the Auburn family 
is the best thing about Auburn. It, you know what I mean? It, it's not this is the best, that's the best. It's Auburn. It's, you're an Auburn person, and, and, and that's what you want to be recognized as. And I've been, I could be recognized because I've been on, I, I coached all over the country. And, and I had a reputation. They called me suitcase because I would leave in a drop of a hat. And all the time I was leaving, I was leaving for better things. Auburn's the first time I ever left a program. And it was a program that I liked the best and took a step down, slightly step down. Because basketball was big at VCU, it really was. But it, uh, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like, a family situation. It is more so now that they've built a new arena and done some things, but it's, it never will be like an Auburn program. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I was a part of an Auburn program for as long as I was. I am also glad that they took me back kind of, I think people, I, I could be totally off on this, but I think people look at me as an Auburn person. I think uh, we do coach. Bless your heart. I, I appreciate it. I you know, you, there's a feeling that you have. And, uh, and I, it, if somebody asked me of all the good things that's happened to me, uh, would, what would I say? I, I think being accepted at Auburn would be one of my biggest things I, I'd like to tell people. I like people to feel. And I feel that. I mean, you can feel things and not be true, but I think I feel this and I believe it is to be true. It's a great thing to claim something and have it claim you back, whether that be one person. That's, exactly. a, a group that's, of, you that's know? the best thing you've been said on this show. I like that. <laughs> I have my few one-liners every once in a while, Coach. But hey, <laughs> well, you had a good one right there. I better write that down before I forget it. I'm so uh, old, I forget things easily. Well, you know, uh, look. With your story, there's so many great things about it. And, you know, we really don't have time to dive into every little aspect because you gave me a great synopsis there. But I got to I gotta go back to a couple of things here. Acting okay. at the very beginning. You thought you were going to be going to acting at, or a basketball coach? What well, was your, your uh, line with that? When growing up in your own mountain without television, radio was the only thing that you had. Mm-hmm. And I just would listen uh, to comedians uh, on the radio and, and, and actors. And I would get in every, in high school, I'd get in every play that I could mm-hmm. so I could get in front of an audience. And, uh, guys, I'd had so many illnesses. I couldn't say that, well, Sonny's a great basketball player. Cause I wasn't until I got into college late and I became pretty good. Uh, so I, I looked at that as a way out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have chosen my way out as an athlete except I had all these illnesses that made me have to look in another direction. Mm-hmm. And my other direction was being an entertainer of some kind. Well, I think and that you found the best of both worlds there. You know, obviously you've, you've become a coach and, and you have all these different experiences, obviously at Auburn, but elsewhere. But now you've kind of used that in radio now, whether it was with, with Wimp Sanderson or with Rod and now Andy. I think that you've really com- done what a lot of people try in life, to do is to combine a couple of passions that they had or ways out and those skills that they had. So I think you've done that beautifully and I found a very sweet spot for you at this point in your life. And what a thrill it was to work with the people that I have to get there, you know, and uh, Rod Bramlett, as an example, he was, he's a pro. You know, you, 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 when you're in athletics, you look at some people at a, a little bit different level or up just a little bit. They said, well, he's a pro. Well, he is a pro. He really was. And he's the same way. And it, being able to work with those guys and, and just be a part of it. And, you know, you want to be involved with athletics at Auburn. And that's the best way for me to do it. It's the best way for me to be a part of the Auburn situation and it's worked out really well. I think they like me, and I know for Dad, I'm sure I like them. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's been a fun, fun thing for Jan and I. Here's the thing that I love about you, Coach, on the radio during basketball games is you get after the refs so much. <laughs> you know, some people think that's, some people think that that's all a, a, a show. Yeah, I get on them, you know, so people will like it. But really, I get so involved with the game that uh, that. Uh, it's basically a, not 
it didn't, it's not for show. <laughs> it's for go. I'm thinking, you know, it really hurt us. I don't know why I've, I've kind of, I'm more so now that way towards mm-hmm. officials than I was when I coached. Mm-hmm. Late in my coaching career, I hated for one of my assistants to holler at an official, you know, because I, that they're doing their job and I'm doing mine. We're all on the downhill side of our lives in, our, in the profession that we're doing. So I liked them. Now I get back out starting a new profession, profession like radio, and I don't like the things that they do now as well as I did back then. <laughs> well, as I didn't do back then. Right. Maybe a little less tolerant of some of the things you let go back then. I think we all kind of get that way. And I'll be honest with you. My dad was the king of talking to the refs and he wasn't even a coach. He was just there for his son's (laughs) basketball games. And I would just be, you know, whether I was on the court on the bench, just hiding my head the entire time. Like dad, just let, let it go. Let it go. But now I love that. I love that aspect that he used to do. And I love that you do. And I think that's why it connects me so well, because yeah, maybe you want to give the refs a little respect, but it's part of the game. I mean, they kind of know it comes with the territory. Yeah. You're that's a great way to put it right there. They, they're a part of the game and you know what? They're honest. Mm -hmm. Now there was a time when I was in the SEC that I wasn't sure everybody was honest back before the rest of referees were organized and became, uh, we're officials for the SEC, for instance, instead of being an independent contractor type of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody wanted to call a game for Kentucky. So back in the old days, now they, they want to call every night. It doesn't have to be Kentucky. And I think the referees are so much more professional, so much better now than they used to be. I don't know if this is for for our program to, to be talked about or not. You know, I, I think uh, it's it's fine to talk about, just like it's it's fine to talk about the refs and, and kind of interact with them a little bit that, that same way. You know, they kind of understand that's part of the whole thing there. And I think that they, they go with the flow for the most part. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk a little bit more about basketball, though, Coach, because I know that some of our listeners are going to just kick me if we don't ask you a few questions about that. Right. And I think we can go, obviously, to a, to a big topic here. Uh, we are fond of many, many coaches and players at Auburn, but we are especially fond of, of a couple of particular ones, especially Charles Barkley. Do you have any inside information or, or funny stories you could share about Charles that uh, maybe hasn't been uh, shared before well, or anything that's, that you got? One of the is, – is... Interesting, more so than well, it's, it's it's humorous. Let's put it this way: when we were recruiting Charles, we can his grandmother was. It, it, when you go out to recruit a big time athlete, there's some key that you got to get after first. Mm-hmm. And Charles, the key to Charles Barkley was his grandmother. Mm-hmm. We had convinced his grandmother that it was closer to Auburn over the mountain than uh, than it was to Tuscaloosa by the highway. Well, as I was speaking, you can go over the mountain, come in uh, somewhere over about Silicaga and come up through there. And it, it is, it is a lot, it's not closer, but it, but, but we convinced his grandmother that it's closer over the mountain because we're getting killed by Alabama. And he says, look, 
they'll come see you every game if you're playing for Alabama. And we'd convince them that they, they could see us by just by driving over the mountain. That was one thing. And uh, what Wimp Sanderson and the Alabama crew came into the home to recruit Charles. Mm-hmm. And Wimp, Wimp's way of, in, of getting into this thing was how close it was and how much better known in the Auburn, I mean, in the Birmingham, Leeds area, Alabama was than Auburn. And he's in there throwing all that out. And his grandmother was in the other room. She wouldn't even come in to listen to it. She stuck her head around the corner and said, Coach Sanderson, it's closer to Auburn over the mountain than it is to Tuscaloosa. (laughs) (laughs) That that comes up every time. It's closer to Auburn over the mountain than Wimp Sanderson said. There wasn't even any roads built over the mountain. But that that was the funniest thing. Charles Barkley, he tells it this way, and it might be true. Herbert Green was my assistant, and he left me and become a head coach at Columbus State. He's one of the best I ever had. He recruited Charles Barkley better than anybody did. If 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 the truth be known, Charles Barkley came to Auburn for two reasons. One, Herbert Green. The other was my wife Jan. When he came on a visit to to Auburn, he wanted to stay at my house with and get to know my wife, and that it's it go and that doesn't change. For instance, Jan's in the hospital recently for forty-one days, I believe. Charles Barkley comes to visit her and spends three hours with her, and uh, not any other players did that. They all loved her, but they, they, you know some of them will call and and but he comes and. Uh, uh, here's this might be interesting to your list fans. Uh, he he is sitting on his bed with Jan. The nurses kept opening the door and looking in the door so they could see Charles Barkley. Well, finally the head of the nurses comes down to our Jan's uh, room and she says, "Mr. Barkley, we can't get these nurses to work a lick." Said, "Would you come out here and, and get them all together and take a picture with them?" Well, and he did. Well, not only did he do that, he went down the end of the hall and came all the way up through each uh, each per- patient's room and shook hands with them. And, and that was that went over big at that hospital. But uh, his uh, one one of the main reasons he was at Auburn is because of Jan. He liked Jan. He wanted to be close to someone like family and. Uh, I was so hard on him that uh, Eli, my wife, Bernie, didn't he? <laughs> now, it's not that way today. I think he loves both of us. But uh, after he found out that we were all doing the right thing for him, mm-hmm. uh, it, we became close. We were, we were very close today. Hey, I can relate to that. There were a few things I was thinking in my head towards my basketball coaches. Uh, and, and, you know, I would be very frustrated with them in the moment. But, you know, it's it's funny when you get a little bit of space away from those those tough teaching moments, those those loving and tough teaching moments uh, oh, yeah. that you learn to appreciate them. And I can tell, obviously, whether it's because of the relationship that he has with you, with Jan, but obviously the relationship with you, that that's a very genuine and we use the word family a lot in Auburn, but it really is even it's for a family you. thing. Yes. I totally you. agree with that. Yes. It's so interesting how that's reflected in y'all's relationship right there. And um, maybe just to kind of round out our discussion about basketball, we talked a lot about in your story about you kind of saw the journey of Auburn, not being a basketball school and not being a high priority to it becoming one and, and to where it is now with Bruce Pearl what happened? I mean, obviously, you know, Bruce Pearl came along, but I mean, there had to be a transition uh, from that point. I mean, what really started flipping the switch for Auburn family members to accept that we can be a basketball school as well? Building a new arena. Mm. The minute they built that new arena, no matter how you look at Joel Eves, the old building, 13,000 seats, Everybody can see it's good. That was the worst arena in the eyes of people that would use it for recruiting against you. We had the worst dressing rooms. We had the worst practice gym. So that was holding Auburn back. When the, when those coaches go into a home after you and they, they show that how much better uh, facilities we got from a standpoint of dressing rooms, practice courts, uh, all of 
trophy showing type of things. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we didn't have that. They built this new arena and that changed it. Bruce Pearl has done, he gets credit for doing it and he is terrific. He's, he's one of the best at doing all parts of coaching that I've ever seen, but this could have been done by anybody because of that new arena. Mm -hmm. Nobody could probably do it like Pearl has, uh, Bruce Pearl has, has done it, but it would met that job was so much easier the minute they put that building up there and made it 9,500 instead of 13,000. It made Auburn a basketball place because seats became hard to get. Yep. I can attest to that because I've had some trouble getting some tickets myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think that's interesting. We talked a lot about with, you know, Charles, it's interesting. You have to find the angle for the recruits. And these days it does seem to be the best facility, the best, uh, the, you know, locker rooms or whatever, what have you to kind of use as a recruiting tool. And it's funny, I think when you finally couple the love that the Auburn family shows for their athletes, mm -hmm. but also with the investment monetarily in terms of facilities, it's amazing what can happen in such a short amount of time, at least yeah. relatively speaking. Uh, and now here we sit. I, I, would, I would say this along that same line. I doubt if uh, Bruce Pearl would come to Auburn had he had to deal with Joel Eves, mm. the, the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. he's, if he'd had to deal with that. But he saw in that new arena that, look, 9,500, same as Duke. Students be all right on top of you. It's one of the – that could be the, one of the best basketball jobs in the conference. And – He's got, he has made it into that, but uh, the major thing that made it into that was that arena. Mm -hmm. It really that's a, is. That's a great thought on that. I, I definitely love that we've started investing that way, and obviously oh, basketball. They have. Yeah, but really across have. all the way, uh, all the sports, we're starting to see a lot more investments that way. Let me ask you something, kind of before we get into our final questionnaire. Not so much Auburn specific, but since we you know connected here about the game of basketball, what's so special about the game to you? Why? that particular game why not football why do you enjoy it so much I know you have your background playing it but what makes it so enjoyable for you to coach talk about be on radio for what, what's so special five basketball players may have better be better athletes than any other sport mm. what I'm saying is you cannot be a basketball player without being a great athlete at the college level that it is now and you know, you can be a 300-pound lineman and be pretty good and make you a little bit better, but you've got to have athletes immediately to play the game of basketball. And your athletes, players win games. Mm. Coaches can keep it close. Players win games. And you will never see a, a basketball team that's not real athletic. Mm. If you see a team that's not real athletic, they're going to be losing. So you're going to have what it is. You're, when you watch a basketball game, you're looking at the best athletes you're going to see because they can run high, or they can run faster, jump higher, and got better hands and, and that type of thing. You've got to be more than just a, really a strong person to play the basketball. You've got you to have great hands. You've got to have great eyes. You've got to get your mind right. And, and it's, uh, it's a hard game to play, but Athletes are the game of basketball is played with great athletes. Let's it put it that way. It is. Especially it, at this level. And it takes some great talent to be successful, but it obviously takes some great coaching to get them in position to use that athleticism that they already sure, have. And you, sure. you have definitely done that for us. You laid a foundation at Auburn uh, that we are growing upon to this day. And I think we are very thankful that you are a member of this Auburn family. And uh, we love you and what you've done for us in the past, what you're doing for us currently. Keep those, you know, yelling at the refs going for me on the radio. <laughs> just, just know every time you crack a joke uh, that the refs or, or just yell at them while Andy's trying to keep the call going, that I'm just right there <laughs> chuckling along with you. Just know that. <laughs> so. I appreciate that. I will, for sure. With that being said, let's get into our final question, uh, questionnaire. It's a rapid fire questions, but when I say rapid fire, you can give the long explanation for your answer if you need yeah. to. It's just meant to, to be a little fun segment. And they're kind of this or that, very Auburn-related answers. And some of them could be pretty interesting for you as a coach. So we'll see how okay. – you, you could give a non-answer if you feel like you need to. Okay. Uh, question number one, orange or blue? 
uh, orange, I think. Blues in, in, in too many colors around on other basketball teams. I would say orange. Okay. All right. I haven't heard that angle on it before. But yeah, yeah, it, 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 that's the way I've always looked at it. It may have nothing to do with it. Really. I'm going to put you in the orange column then. Yeah, I'm the or- you put me in the orange because there's not many of those around. Question two. It's a tough one. Aubie or War Eagle? War Eagle. War Eagle. You, you, you know about Aubie all, all the country, but you can be walking through an airport in Canada and somebody will holler War Eagle at you. War Eagle. Now, I do have to warn you that I am good friends with Aubie, and the, the fact that you didn't choose him, I'm going to have to tell him about that, Coach. Hey, Aubie is a funny thing. I, I did it years and years ago. I went to an alumni meeting somewhere and they sent Albie with me and uh that's it. i didn't even know he's Albie when he got there you know he, he came didn't have the suit on and they were talking uh, i said when's Albie going to be here he said he's been standing beside you over there bro. so he this I, it was his his hometown i can't remember and i was already out of coaching and 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 i did these alumni meetings for him i can't remember with this guy he was Albie, but he wasn't dressed in the Albie. And mm-hmm. I said, where is Albie? But he's, he means so much to Auburn athletics. Question three. So this is an interesting one. I'm actually going to alter it a little bit. I used to ask this, which fight song or which Auburn song do you prefer? But we're going to ask it this way this time. What is your favorite line from the Auburn fight song? Well, you got me there. Ah. I'm so old, I can't remember what the fight song is. <laughs> well, how about you? You know, an answer could be just all of it. All of it. There we go. <laughs> I, I'm glad I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were thinking about it, Coach. <laughs> Question four. This this will get interesting. Your favorite Auburn athletics program? You know, I, I, I'll have to think long and hard about mm-hmm. that, but I think I, I think I got it. Basketball. I, I know that was a tough answer for you, Coach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of thought went into that. This is another one that might be fun. And number five, your favorite Auburn athlete of all time. I th- I think I'd have to be totally honest. I I, I would think uh, Bo Jackson's the greatest athlete I've ever seen, and mm. he's an Auburn man. I, I think Bo Jackson would have to be. Uh, and you could say Charles Barkley in there, right, right with him. But I think Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete I've ever seen here. It is incredible what he could do. Could you imagine, Coach, if you could suit him up in a basketball jersey? Well, let me tell tell you, you and your and your audience that listens to this. He walks through the gym one time when I'm coaching here. He's got street clothes on. He picked up a basketball, took two or three running steps, and dunked it. Hmm. And I said, "Well, they talk about him." I only went to watch him practice baseball one time, and he hit a ball in batting practice that bounced onto the driveway in Sewell Hall, unbounced up against the building. I'd never seen anything like that before. And then you just see the things he does in the game. Uh, I don't think there's – I don't think there's – there might not ever be another one like him. He's the only guy I've ever seen run up the fence in, in a baseball game and catch a ball, run right along the fence and come out. I mean, people don't realize who else could do that. <laughs> you know, he's just that good. It's it's just amazing what the man can do with whether it is. what no matter the sport. I mean, I, I if there was underwater basket weaving, he'd probably be good at it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know the thing that jumps out at me about him more than anything he's he's a quiet Auburn man. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go around hollering war eagle or any of that thing, but he's there for everything that Auburn asks him to. Kind of the way I look at him. There was a um, sign up in, I think it was the football uh, meeting room that I saw in a press conference one time, and it said quiet strength. That's what I would probably equate to. Uh, That's exactly. To that Jackson. would be a great answer right there. All right, well, let's keep moving. Number six, your favorite Auburn coach, besides yourself, obviously, but your favorite Auburn coach of all time. Hal Baird. Hal Baird, the baseball coach. You guys probably had a great relationship, didn't you? We did, and he was so good. And but he he I had a good relationship with almost every coach I think, but he's the one. If I think we played, we'd go out and play tennis together, and we had a good we had a chirping at one another type of relationship. He was uh, he would probably be his my favorite. Awesome. Question seven: 
your favorite non-athletics Auburn person. So this can be anybody, a family member, a professor at Auburn, a just a someone we don't know about. But when you think of Auburn, you think of this person. I came to Auburn not because of uh, Auburn, uh, but because of the first phone call that I received is from a doctor. His name is Dr. Doyle Haynes. Mm -hmm. He was a uh, cardiac surgeon at East Alabama. He called me up before anybody at Auburn ever did. He, he taught, told me how much I looked like and, and acted like an Auburn man, how I would fit in, and he really wanted me to come. And after I got here, we became really close friends. His name's Dr. Doyle Haynes. He left here and became the number one heart surgeon at, uh, what's the big hospital? Emory. Emory in, in, Emory in uh, Atlanta, and he died with a, a, some problem years ago. Well, that's interesting because my wife actually is a nurse at Emory, and I'm going to have to see if she knows it, knows about Doyle, the history of him there. Doyle Haynes, yeah, he, he was a great... From Opelika. From wow. Opelika, yeah. The Auburn family, now you know who to thank for uh, helping build the foundation of the Auburn basketball programs, <laughs> a doctor who called Coach Sonny Smith. <laughs> well, he, he, I tell you what, he helped every coach here. I took him to the Final Four uh, as, uh, with me as a fan. Yeah. Uh, and, and when he was here, and I, that's how much I thought of him. And yeah. he was he was special. There's a lot of people that hit that category that you're leaving out, mm -hmm. but he was the first, of course. And and I would have to pick, I would have to pick him. Oh, I'm sure that list is very extensive, and we can thank so many people in our Auburn stories. We are winding down this list, though, so let's keep rolling. Question eight: Your favorite Auburn building? Well, the new arena right now mm -hmm. would be my favorite building. It's the only one that uh, I spent a lot of time in since I left basketball here. Uh, and believe it or not, when I was here, I, I would go to the dining hall and stand up on a table and try to get students to come to games. And I doubt now at my age of 83, if I could find that dining hall, <laughs> that probably would be my second favorite. Sewell Hall would be a place that I really liked. I really like Sewell Hall. I love that. I'm so glad that you shared that because now I have an image of you jumping up on a lunch table. And I just... did. I did. I jump up and call. And I, I don't know if they were listening to me or not, but I, I did everything I could. I'd go to all the fraternities and sororities, try to get them to come to games. And and uh, I hope it had helped. Because we started, we were winning when I first got here and then we started winning. And I thought maybe that would bring them in, but it didn't make a lot of difference. It really didn't. Well, as a former starving college student, I can attest, if you want to get our attention, come to where the food is, because that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of got that feeling. Uh, question, speaking of food, that's a great segue. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat? Well, uh, I probably, where did I get my chicken fingers, Jim? <laughs> Jim and Nick's. Yeah, I, 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 it used to be the Outback, but I think Jim and Nick's would be my favorite. I'm a big fan, so I'm glad to know that we share that, Coach. I, you might see yes. me there a few times. <laughs> yeah, somebody said, why don't you go to Acres? Why don't you go here? Well, I wouldn't go with all those, but I like chicken fingers from Jim and Nick's. It's hard to break out of your habits, isn't it? I'm a, I'm a bad habit guy. Question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. So this can be sports-related, not sports-related, something you personally have as tradition, but your favorite Auburn tradition. Watching the eagle come in and land in the middle of the football field is something that always jumped out at me. And then I got to sit in a suite one time, and the eagle flew into the into the window of the of the suite that I was in. I, I don't know what happened, but it did it. But seeing the eagle land in a football game is one of the most interesting things for me. I can only imagine what that sight was like. Um... That. Well, yeah, and I'm in a suite. I'm in a suite, and I didn't get in the, in the suites a lot at football game, and the eagle flies into that uh, suite window. And I don't know how bad he was injured, but he, can, he it continued on and landed on the field the way it's supposed to. But that, that, that was the one thing that jumped out at me. Oh, man, I, that, I believe that was Spirit that did that, and I could tell you some stories about Spirit because I worked at the Raptor Center for as a volunteer during college, and it's not, I'm not surprised that that's the one you met in the window, Coach. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was it. All right, we got two more left. Question 11, your favorite Auburn memory that you have? It, it, might, be, it might be a little different than, uh, than, than people would think. 
we were playing in the SEC tournament my first year at uh, Auburn, and we beat Georgia in four overtimes. And I was thinking to myself, when that game was over, I was thinking, we can make this thing work here. Uh, and there was doubts that Auburn was ever going to be a basketball school. And it made me feel like after that game, four overtimes, I think it probably still a record. We beat Georgia in four overtimes. And I, that would be my favorite moment from basketball. And, you know, you could say going to final eight and standing on the court with chance to go to the final four, those type of things. But that one thing jumped out at me more than anything else. Awesome. That's a great memory. And your final question, I want you to describe Auburn to me in one word. Family. And that's, I think that's the most appropriate one here. It's the one we use often, but it doesn't make it any less special. And it's echoed throughout your entire story. I want to give you a chance, Coach, to address not just our listeners, but anybody else in the Auburn family that might be listening. Is there anything that you'd like to share or just say as we close out our show tonight? Well, the best things ever happened to Jan and I and our family all came because of being an Auburn coach. I mean, somebody said, Sonny, I've, I've nine Hall of Fames, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm in them because of Auburn, not because of Virginia Tech or any of those, even though they were a part of it. And, and uh, you know, that I, I would say that more than anything else. One of the most interesting things that's ever happened to me was announcing on the Auburn Jumbotron, or whatever we call that thing, uh, <laughs> at a basketball game that I was going to go into the Tennessee Hall of Fame and the governor of Tennessee doing it. That was one of the most, if I had been, if I had been watching it, I really think that would have been one of the most special moments, mm -hmm. but I wasn't watching. I was down <laughs> here and he's up there talking about me going into the Tennessee hall of fame on the jumbotron at Auburn. I don't know what game it was, but, uh, and then the students went crazy mm -hmm. and that's, I, I should, I should, you're they're talking about a guy going in Tennessee Hall of Fame and the students are giving you a standing ovation. Now that now that that's pretty big with me to be honest with you. Yeah, and I, I think that shows you right there if you ever had any doubts how much you are loved within the Auburn family. Uh, it's a generation that maybe necessarily didn't grow up with you, but grew up with stories yeah. about your time here that loves and appreciates you, not for going to the Auburn Hall of Fame, but going to the Tennessee Hall of Fame. If they yeah. can celebrate that with you, I think that tells you how much you are loved at this university and yeah. in, within this family. So I hope you well, that's, that's feel that. That's nice. I appreciate you saying that. Well, Coach, it has been great walking with you down memory lane a little bit, learning a little bit uh, about what basketball was like in the past and your perspectives on it currently. And uh, I've enjoyed walking uh, through this journey with you and learning about your Auburn story. Well, I do a lot of these things, but I can, and some I do, I don't enjoy, but I really enjoyed this because you ask great questions. You well, really right. do. I appreciate thank, that. Thank you. Thank you a lot for having me on. Thank you as well, Coach. And you obviously can go back and listen to some other episodes. I'll do a quick plug. Listen to episode five with Sherry. You can go back and do that in the podcast feed and you'll get another great perspective and another great member of the Auburn family as well. I know she's listening, so I know her ears are burning. So. If, I, if, I can get, if I can get somebody to get me on, I'll definitely do it. Appreciate that, Coach. All right, well, we've enjoyed every minute and War Eagle. War Eagle.